with the last two and a half years and when we looked at facing that, that mountain in COVID, we had to really work backwards from the customer again. Everything we had planned, we need to readjust to make sure that it was able to serve the customer and how they wanted to serve their customer in turn. Welcome to Virtually Live by Kaltura. Every week, we'll get into the latest and greatest in marketing, and specifically event marketing, audience engagement, and brand experience. To guide us through that, we've invited event professionals and marketing leaders from various industries. In this week's episode, Kaltura's EVP Business Development and Partnerships, Liad Eshkar, speaks to EMEA Marketing Director at AWS, Rachel Lockwood, about delivering meaningful content worldwide while maintaining engagement in regional and field marketing. Let's go. Hello, my name is Liad Eshkar. I'm the head of business development and partnerships here at Kaltura. I'm coming to you virtually live from our Tel Aviv office in Israel. Digital experiences, hybrid and virtual events allows reaching larger and more diversified audience. With that, the term globalization has never been more relevant. Now it's on us, marketeers and teams, to create exceptional event experiences, both for our regional and global audiences. With that, we are very honored and happy to have with us an industry expert with over 20 years of experience in B2B, B2C, and startups, Rachel Lockwood. Today, she's the director of EMEA Marketing at AWS, Amazon Web Services. Her team oversees awareness, customer experience, and demand gen for Europe, both from the commercial and public sector sides. Rachel, where are you coming to us virtually live from? Thank you. I'm coming virtually live also from the Kaltura studio that you've made me feel very welcome, and I'm really pleased to be here with you in Tel Aviv. Thank you, Rachel. We are thrilled to have you with us today. I'll start with um, a couple of questions uh, to Rachel, and would love to hear your opinions. Um, so the first one is about marketing analytics. I know you are very passionate about this, about this topic in general, and the connection of uh, analytics and data with marketing and how marketing can drive business. Specifically in AWS, we see that more data also drives customer obsession. I'd love to hear more about it and how it plays a role at AWS. It's a good question. Thank you. And hello to everybody listening. Um, I think the last two and a half years have really helped us really get better at customer obsession. I joined AWS two and a half years ago. I joined just before the lockdown that happened across much of Europe and the world. And like everyone, we had to pivot very quickly. And, and from that, you know, at AWS, customer obsession is, our le is one of our leading leadership principles. It's, it's the thing we think about every day. We work backwards from the customer when we look at what we're going to do, when we look at our plans we're making, and in our execution. So with the last two and a half years, and when we looked at facing that, that mountain in COVID, we had to really work backwards from the customer again everything we had planned, we need to readjust to make sure that it was, it was not tone deaf to the situation that our customers were facing, that it was able to serve the customer and how they wanted to serve their customer in turn. 
And, and we did a lot of work um, by listening to, to the customers through one-to-one -one outreach, whether that's direct feedback from our account teams, whether that's from um, running sessions that we could actually gather information, more survey at scale, so that we could understand what information they wanted and more specifically, which channels they wanted to see it in, given that the, the pandemic that they were facing and we were supporting them into. And, and to be transparent, we shut down um, much, of our, much of our marketing at the time so we could do that analysis. And we were actually then, even in our direct marketing, even in our um, in response marketing, we were listening to the customer and putting things into market that was sensitive to their, to their needs. Thank you, Rachel. I think it makes a lot of sense. Um, I really resonated with the um, different channels uh, for, uh, for customers. I think that it started during COVID, but we still see it also today. Um, Post-COVID, the people are eager to go back on site, but are still looking for this digital experience that can comprehense uh, and provide additional value uh, for them and for the partners and create a lot of, um, of new insights. Uh, for everyone uh, in the world that is post-COVID. And I'm sure we're going to talk about it later on uh, when yes. we continue our discussion. Um, but I want to ask you more specifically about this current economic climate of today's world. And we just saw what happens today uh, in the stock market for uh, many of the tech companies. Uh, and of course, it affects um, the budget uh, and the constraints uh, for many companies in, in our field. Um, my question to you is, what do you think about um, the, the role of digital experience and virtual and hybrid events uh, in such an economic um, climate uh, that we're seeing today? Yes, it's, it's another thing we need to be very sensitive to. And we took, if we take the learnings that we just spoke about during COVID, the biggest one of those is flexibility and offering our customers that choice. And, and here in Israel, we have a fantastic facility called Floor 28. Now, during COVID, you know, that really pivoted to be fully online. So where it had been a hybrid environment before, it pivoted fully to be online. And now it goes back to a hybrid environment. And I think as we go into 2023, we need to be very cognizant that our customers will be facing potential resource constraints, you know, whether that's in actually headcount, budget, and, and being able to offer them hybrid environments, flexibility of when they, when they want to engage with content needs to be at the center of our marketing plans. So now we look at the floor 28 we have here in Israel and that returns back to that hybrid environment that yes, people can come in person if they, if they wish to, but yes, they can still get that content that they really want to see you know, through digital channels, whether that's digitally live or whether that's virtually on demand. Uh, that, that makes a lot of sense. And I think the name of this track is doing uh, more with less. Uh, so I think that this is a really great example to that. Uh, my, ne my next question is around localization, global and local all together. And how do we uh, create an experience that will be local uh, for the field, uh, for the customers, and very personalized uh, on, on the one hand? And then on the other hand, how do we keep track uh, on the touch point with the global um, market and the global uh, audience? That's a good question. And, and you know, doing more with less. Uh, I hopefully don't look it on the camera that um, hopefully they've made me look 10 years younger, but I've been in marketing a very long time. And it's a common challenge, you know, doing, having to do more with less. I think I've always been asked to do that. And, and doing more with less, we work for a global company. 
um, AWS, Amazon Web Services, and it's very important that we have that consistency that a global company can bring so that we have global consistency in our brand, we have global product and service offerings that we can speak to the customer, but how we deliver them and how we talk to the customer, whether that is in Israel or whether that is in France or whether that is in the US or the UK, wherever it is in the world that we're talking, the customer feels like we are talking directly to them. And, and therefore you call it glo localization. I think we need to, we need to make sure that we we keep our cornerstone themes true to our business that we that we serve and the customers you know wherever they go in the world they know that they are they are they have that same offering and they can tell it comes from AWS absolutely absolutely i fully agree um, and i think that it's a great segue to to the next topic which i know that is a very important for me and i know that it's also very close to you heart uh, and that is a sustainability so um, I think that you know, today with um, um, sustainability is very important in ESG for many, many companies. Um, how does it um, change your event strategy uh, for, for the future? That's a super question. And I don't think it's one we, we fully answered. Um, we've responded, as I said, this year to face-to-face -face event, events, you know, leaving that door open for people that did want to travel, but also offering that that virtual experience for those that didn't. And that could be driven by a number of reasons. One of them could be sustainability. I think as a business, um, AWS, you know, has very serious sustainability goals. Obviously, Amazon has the climate pledge that um, we champion and we, we have many partners in the climate pledge that have also signed it. And when we look to um, our event strategy, um, we are really hoping that we can do the most we can within it. Um, for example, with food, there's a lot of there can be a lot of waste both through packaging and there can be a lot of waste both through food that isn't eaten. So this year, when we looked at our events, we had one recyclable packaging, but two food that we could we gave to food banks after mm -hmm. the event, so that we we were trying to ensure that we weren't in that throwaway culture, that we were having that sustainability angle. When we look to the swag that we give out. Um, like everyone, I love swag when I go to an event, but it's very important and our customers are very discerning about the type of swag so that, you know, it is made from recyclable um, products or it is recyclable itself. And um, I have an idea, I can promote it here because my, my team may not listen to me, but I really love the whole idea of upcycling with fashion because fashion can be very, mm. you know, we do a lot of swag. I would love to upcycle bring back your old AWS sweatshirt and let us, you know, let us bring bring it back to life with the new logo, the new badge mm -hmm. um, from the current event. So, um, but there's many ideas and also some of the offset things that we're looking at for 2023. Wow, that's that's brilliant. Um, I really, you know, uh, during, uh, during the COVID period, many events moved uh, to become more virtual. And now we see that um, this, even though uh, there is a lot of value in, in doing the virtual events, and I think that many people appreciated the yes. additional data and the reach and, yes. uh, and the scale and many other things. Uh, but now we see that many people are going and many events are going back on site uh, for many reasons. And it's part of uh, the human psychology and, and yes. you know, the need to be together and spend time together. And going back, in, back into the sustainability angle, um, it's very interesting to see how you offsetting some of the environmental impact when you go back on site by doing all of these amazing things like signing the pledge for the climate uh, reduction, as well as um, um, the circular economy and the rest of, uh, of the items that you've discussed. And I think it's very impressive. 
and to know that a company like AWS is very focused on such things. Yes, and also by offering by offering those hybrid environments allows, going back to the, my earlier point, allows the choice that people may not want to to use that time to travel and and may have that concern themselves. You know, it uh, it will respond to that as well. So speaking about in-person versus digital or hybrid events, I know that the teams work together uh, on a variety of events uh, in Europe, including Innovate um, and Summits, and of course in other regions with other AWS teams. Uh, and I'd love to hear more about your insights about uh, how to create an experience that will combine both the virtual and the on-site component in a way that will create an outstanding customer experience for the end users? I think it starts, um, so we use those flagship events. They're not just any old events. They're actually our, some of our flagship events. I'm proud to say that we, you've, you've talked about. And we use those as a moment in time around a specific topic. Um, summits is, Summit brings together a number of topics. Innovates bring together a, a single topic. And what we do with the, with those experiences, Innovate is only online. As we've re already discussed, the summits, you know, we do some face-to-face, -face, but we have made a decision to retain the EMEA-wide online summit because it offers that choice, but also because when you're, we will stream certain sessions with our summits, um, whichever country we do that in, and it will tend to be in the local language, in a localized format, but, um, but we won't stream everything. And, and it, it allows people, by having that digital content also available, to go back, either, either if they did attend, to go back and find a session they missed, and if they didn't attend, to see broader than the, the sessions we decided to stream and give them access to that material in their own time, at their own pace, you know, rewind it, look at it again, make notes. I mean, we've all been to conferences where you go, oh, you said something really great yeah. and I didn't write it down or, I, you know, and, and I think having that mix with this content is really good. The Innovates, as I said, is slightly different. They're only online and we do see people log back in. So even if they come and attend when we, when we do this live, you will see um, quite a high proportion of those attendees log back in and reaccess the content because they want to refer back, as I said, or they want to go and look at something else. Yeah, I think it's, it's a really important point. Um, I would just add, maybe from experience uh, with uh, some of our customers, um, also the element of community. So people might want to go back and meet with people uh, yes. that they met on, online or uh, maybe they met on site and they didn't have a chance to catch up with. So if you have a, a library of, uh, of uh, people that join the events, um, you can also um, you know, match with people uh, like yourself with shared interest, maybe same uh, topics uh, of discussion, can be another value that can, can be, I think, beneficial for, at least for the online parts. Absolutely, and some of the events, if you think about the online summit, you know, it has a lot of sessions, but it also has those community areas actually at the event so that they can go and talk to some of our partners, they can go and talk to the experts. And, and there's places that we work quite a lot with our developer relations team where they can come and come into a virtual room as a community, they will also, to your point, they will also have those events like the user group, the very strong community groups they will have here in Israel or, or anywhere around the world, where they, they will still have that face-to-face -face interaction for certain things. But I agree with you. You know, you can see that those, we are trying to build those online hubs too that allow them to come back together. If we go beyond uh, events to the world of hybrid work marketing, 
How do you balance um, the marketing touch point across the customer journey? And how do you make those points more measurable? It's a good question and something that's really part, a fundamental part of our 2023 plan, um, certainly in EMEA. We have a lot of things happen across the AWS world. We have a lot of products and services, and it's really important, and I feel it's our job as marketeers, to make that very clear to the customer. And we talked about whether that's localization and making it very relevant through those different lenses of the persona, the industry, the, the country that customer sits in. But, but also in the journey they're on, you know, these journeys are not linear. And, and I think historically, you know, marketeers have, have planned them to say, you know, Rachel's going to start here, she does this, then the next best action she will take will be X, the next best action she will take will be Y. And really, my journey will be quite different from the one you may take. And my start point might be different from yours too, you know, and, and that's so true of cloud adoption and cloud technology and, and the breadth of products and services that you can use within, a customer can use within their organization. So we really need these um, smart journeys. We've called them internally smart journeys. And that's really the use of the data we have on our customers, the analytics, and really moving from that next best action to the next best offer and really to the customer decisioning hub that I would win I would really like to get to. So in that customer decisioning hub, you know, you're rooting your journey yourself. Next best offer takes us some way there. And that's what we mean by smart journey. So your no one journey may be the same. We don't and we don't always get it right. I think that's that's right. very fair to say. You know, we choose the things that we see have been popular from that start point before. And and we're also we also are fortunate to have something called, so we can have the high touch interaction within there. So it's not just about digital, it's not just about the, the events, but also a customer can raise their hand and say, I need some help here. And we can have that human touch added right. into that customer journey. And that could be at the start, or it could be in the middle, or it could be at the very end, or they could go right through and self-serve and get to that. So we're really, I'm passionate about building it. It's not perfect yet, but we're on we're on the right path to to do that amazing i love it um, just to summarize one last question to you i'm sure that many of the marketeers who are watching us now are just now in process of their uh, 2023 budget planning and operational planning do you have any advice for them <laughs> advice oh dear yes this time of year i think for all marketing you're you're patting your head and rubbing your stomach at the same time because you're you're executing your end of year plan and you're looking forward um we're fortunate that um i don't i've worked at companies where there's a start stop you know it's like the 31st of December is the end of year. And then we, we open the door on the 2nd of Jan or the 1st of Jan and we go, oh, what are we doing? And, and I, it's my pet peeve in that. But in, in AWS, we have, we have more of a rolling plan mm -hmm. and we have a rolling momentum so that we look throughout the year from the feedback that we're receiving from the customer engagement, the customer interactions, what's working, what's not working. So it becomes more continuous. Mm -hmm. So that we really do, so, and, and I think for all marketeers, you know, you will have from your experience of not just this year's plan, but last year's plan, and you're learning from those customer data points and customer engagements that you've had, 
what's working, what's not working. So what are you going to stop? What are you going to pause because you need to adjust it? And what, where's your gaps that you need to start as you open the door for 2022? And, um, and I think that's super important because what's worse is you just, you don't stop or you don't pause and you just keep layering things on. And um, my advice is never do that because you know you run out of bandwidth pretty quick and then you that customer journey you've just mentioned, you're not protecting that customer journey, you're just throwing more things into it. Absolutely. Thank you very much, Rachel. No, thank you for having me. We're so happy to have you today and thank you very much for coming over. And thank you for the audience. Thank you. Thank you, Rachel Lockwood and Liad Ashkar for joining us today. And thank you for tuning in. To give you a little taste of what's coming next week, here's seven questions and events with Head of Product Management and Division Leader at IBM Watson Media, Stacey Naraki. Welcome to Seven Questions and Events. Uh, seven questions with uh, an industry expert. Stacey Naraki, let's go. Um, what's the one thing you want your attendees to get out of your events with? I want them to laugh, which means I have to have a lot of great guest speakers because I need someone funnier than me. <laughs> great. What's your favorite way to engage, your to engage with your audience? You know, I still like uh, online chats, uh, but only with a moderated online chat because the moderators make all the difference. They're the ones that can have just a little wit and charm and really get people engaging in that ongoing conversation. And I think if you have really good moderators, people lean into it and you get a ton of participation just in that basic online chat that's going on. It's true. Who would your dream keynote speaker be? No restrictions. I'm going to say Eleanor Roosevelt. Uh, I'm watching that uh, nice. Showtime series called The First Lady. It's really good. Uh, but uh, especially the portrayal of Eleanor Roosevelt made me think about what an amazing woman she would be. And she's, she's a really passionate advocate, um, but with a lot of grace and charm as well. I think she'd make a great keynote speaker. Great. Um, which trend in virtual events are you most looking forward to? Hmm. Uh, probably, probably the trend that I see happening where event organizers are not just thinking about events as one and done experiences and they're looking for ways to connect uh, events over long periods of time so, so that attendees have a seamless experience of coming in and out of event experiences um, and also in and out of live or on-demand experiences, depending on uh, where they are in their uh, ongoing participation. But that, I think that's the trend that I'm most excited about, uh, you know, and, and looking forward to a lot of innovation in that area. What's an event marketing pitfall people should watch out for? I would say um, the pitfall would be, like, don't engage with people while they're actually participating in the online event. I think that a lot of people miss the opportunity uh, while people are, let's say the event is you know, two hours long, uh, engage one-on-one -on -one with individual participants while they are still on the event. Don't wait until after when you're gonna get that follow-up email and then hopefully take whatever action you've planned for them to take. Engage with them while they're 
still in the event and still watching and engaging. Uh, I've seen lots of success in, for example, having specific salespeople um, who are responsible for these accounts who have maybe invited their customers to come to an event uh, and then pre-planned how they're going to like one-on-one -on -one engage with these individuals um, during the event, how it's going on. That could be, you know, pulling that person into a one-on-one -on -one chat experience. It could be that they've, you know, delivered lunch to their front door, you know, <laughs> whatever it is, but don't miss the opportunity of using the time that they're in the event to start really engaging with them. Don't wait until that. What's your go-to source for personal development info in terms of events and marketing? You know, I um, started listening to podcasts even, you know, back before the pandemic uh, because I used to go before into the trendy. office every day. <laughs> and I would take the uh, the BART train here in San Francisco uh, and I, I would listen to podcasts the entire time that I was on BART. And uh, I still, even though I don't go into the office every day anymore, <laughs> I am definitely in that hybrid, uh, you know, once, maybe twice a week in the office, but most of the time working from home when I'm not traveling. Uh, but I still listen to a lot of podcasts um, when I'm walking my dogs, when I'm driving to pick up my kids. You know, I'm just, I, I like listening to podcasts. I don't have a specific podcast that is my go-to, but um, last week I was listening to one that uh, is just called, I think, The Event Podcast, and I've... I've I heard some really good little nuggets, but that's the thing is that I'm just looking for little nuggets of key insight. Um, and there are so many people that share their in insights and storytelling on podcasts. So I am just a, a big podcast proponent and you can listen to podcasts almost anywhere. Shout out to another uh, event uh, professional. I'm going to shout out to Kayla Drake. Uh, who used to be on my marketing team here at IBM several years ago, and she's moved on. I think she's now the global global marketing director at Udemy. But she was one of the most talented event marketers I have ever worked with, uh, spanning in-person experiences to online experience. Kayla, if you're out there, cheers to you. Great. Thank you so much.